When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block. Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you for the next hour and a half or so here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Uh, we go to our Aloe Fiber VIP line, uh, Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World. Harold, uh, Evan, your number one overall draft pick, Vector Wembenyama, through two games at Summer League. Are you ready to declare him a first ballot Hall of Famer yet? Yes or no? <laughs> No, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, but he's very exciting. Uh, There have been some awesome plays, just how he disrupts both ends of the floor in like, you know, a 10 second span. So no, but getting there. Fair enough. Um, Also on the draft, as we turn our focus to Nebraska baseball, Bryce Matthews, Max Anderson, both picked on night one of the MLB draft a little higher than I think most of the industry expected them to go. Do you think those guys were maybe signability picks as we, we talk about kind of the gamesmanship of the MLB draft? Or do you think that the Astros and the Tigers and maybe other teams were higher on, on Matthews and Anderson than maybe the, the rankings industry was? Uh, you know, I think with Matthews especially, there maybe there was a little bit of signability stuff. And, and the strategy there being, if you're a – major league franchise you maybe lean toward drafting at least in the first round the college player who has a little bit less leverage than maybe a high upside high school kid who could still go to college and and you know be uh, a little bit harder to sign so that's possible but uh you know it was pretty consistent across the board i mean uh, bryce matthews was sort of a fringe First rounder, more likely a second rounder. He goes at the end of the first. I mean, Max Anderson had a pretty wide range of outcomes from like mid second to mid fourth, and he goes at the front end of that. Uh, you know, Emmett Olson and Jace Kaminska, sort of the same deal. Um, you know, Olson was definitely on the front end of his projections in the fourth, and then Kaminska, quite honestly, I thought there was a chance he might not get drafted at all uh, and, and go the free agent round. He goes in the tenth. So, uh, you know, just a really Strong weekend for Nebraska in terms of outpacing, uh, you know, it, it's it's projections and things of that nature. The, you know, the, the hitters were I thought especially interesting because the you know the, the Astros they took a chance I think with Bryce Matthews. I think you ta- you start talking about first round talents and and kind of how the first round shapes up. He maybe was the the reach of that first round and of course that's not to say that he's not a talent because he's got the speed and the power and the defensive flexibility to play uh, a lot of premium positions but 
you know, he did strike out a decent amount. Uh, I know teams fell in love with his exit velocity numbers, which were on par with some of the best in the draft, including Dylan Cruz from LSU. So they saw a lot of potential there, and they, I think that their their pick of Bryce Matthews was a vote of confidence in their system to take what he's done and really uh, develop that and push it to the next level as a pro. And then on Max Anderson, the concerns I've heard about him from people ranking you know, draft classes this early on is there's concern about him staying at, at second base. He's a guy that played all over the infield at Nebraska, but in the MLB they're saying there's a risk that he's a second base, maybe left field type. Do you see any of that concern? Do you think that's overblown? Did we not talk about it enough at Nebraska? Because Max Anderson seemed like a really solid second baseman. Yeah, I agree. And that was a position he really hadn't played much of at all until this year. And he commits two errors and he, and he starts all 57 games that Nebraska played. So it certainly was not a defensive liability or anything like that. Uh, you know, he doesn't have maybe the athleticism that jumps out at you the way that it does with a guy like Bryce Matthews. And so I think that's probably what you're looking at a little bit there. I mean, he was a solid third baseman for Nebraska too in the years prior to this spring, just very sure-handed and, and kind of knew what you were going to get from him out there. So for him to go in the second round round with those concerns, whether you know founded or not, like that really speaks highly to the hit tool. And you know, Detroit, some of Detroit's decision makers spoke about it on Zoom at the end of the night. And like that was their big thing with Max Anderson and some of their other picks as well was just like, let's find guys that can put bat to ball at, a, at an elite level guys that have shown an ability to adjust their swings, adjust their approaches throughout a season or maybe even throughout an at-bat. Uh, and then you just kind of figure out the rest. And so, like, yeah, I, I think Max Anderson could be a guy that ends up proving those scouts wrong, and, and he could maybe be a second baseman. I don't think his uh, defensive ability there is, is all that uh, less than what you see some from some major league um, second basemen right now who are renowned as good hitters, quite honestly. But even if he doesn't stick there, like we said, I mean, he could follow sort of the Alex Gordon path uh, into left field. He could, you know, maybe get a look at uh, first base where he played some for Nebraska, too, a little bit undersized at six foot. So that's probably the hesitation there. But again, when your bat plays to the extreme that it did for Max Anderson and you're talking about hitting four, 14 or whatever it was this season in college, you just you make room, you you figure it out, and uh, you know I'm sure again with with the bat and what he's shown defensively, he's going to find a way to get on the field consistently. If it is first base for Max Anderson, that would be kind of the the Jake Cronenworth path. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, and you know, there there are there are guys that are absolutely valuable in that spot, and maybe he's not a 30 home run professional type hitter, um, but maybe he's yeah, maybe he hits 15 and 20 and um, you know, is a is a two ninety three hundred hitter and solid at first. Like you would take that absolutely, especially um, you know from a, from a guy who's just shown it as consistently as he has. So there are a lot of ways that you can figure it out. Teams can get creative. It's the the hitting part of it that's harder to replicate, and that's the part that he has down. We're talking with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on our Allo VIP line. Um, Evan, you mentioned a good night for Nebraska baseball in the draft with four of the guys, you know, going over the three days. Does the fact that there were four draft picks and maybe guys that went a little higher than expected change how you look back at Nebraska's season at all? Uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it. 
as disappointing as I think the season was for fans, I, I've heard it a lot in the last few days. Like, okay, if they had four top ten round guys, then how did that team not end up in the NCAA tournament? And, you know, I, I think there's some that there, there, it's worth having a discussion with that. But the, the reason that Nebraska didn't play in the NCAA tournament was not because of those guys who got drafted. I think it was in spite of some of those efforts. I mean, it's stuff that we've talked about, whether that's general clutch hitting from the offense, certainly pitching depth, especially as it played out in the midweek. Uh, I, I think that's really, um, the, you know, the areas that Nebraska has, has to shore up. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because from a historical perspective, four high-end picks the way that Nebraska has had is pretty good by program standards. But when you look across college baseball right now and you see the teams that are winning at the highest level uh they're they're sending in this draft you know lsu sent 13 uh players to to the pros or at least guys who were drafted you know wake forest had 10 tennessee at eight stanford at nine maryland which won the big 10 had seven so like that's the standard that you have to get to if you're nebraska and so that would say that not only do you need some of those high-end guys the way that nebraska had this year but you need more of a quality of depth. And again, that shows up uh, in the lineup when the bottom half of that lineup's producing. That shows up in the midweek when you have um, or don't have some quality arms out there who can give you a strong start against an undermatched opponent. And I think that's really the area that Nebraska's having to dial in on moving forward is, okay, at the top, I think Nebraska and, and a lot of the smaller uh, schools outside the ACC and SEC they can keep up with some of the top end talent, but it, it it gets down to when you get into roster spot, you know, twelve through twenty. That's where a lot of the difference is made, and I think that's where Nebraska is trying to close the gap. Last thing on the draft, then. Uh- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, uh, former Husker killer Mike Bovey drafted, former Husker Jackson Jelkin drafted. But a local guy that wasn't taken was Cam Kojal out of Millard South. Um, saw that at the bottom of your write-up about Jackson Jelkin being taken. Uh, do you have any idea you know, what draft range it would have taken for Cam Kojal to st- skip over his Vanderbilt commitment? Well, you know, I talked to him before the draft, and it was about a dollar figure. And he, he didn't get specific on what that was, but 
typically, you look at uh, historically with Vanderbilt signees uh, specifically, those guys uh, tend to command seven-figure signing uh, bonuses or, or at least high six figures. And, and otherwise, recent history would say that those guys end up going to Vanderbilt and most of the time improving their draft stock and and benefiting from that three years later. So I don't know specifically what Cam Kozier was looking for. It was probably something in that range. And, uh, you know, by the end of day two, I think you had a pretty good sense that he was going to end up going to Vanderbilt because uh, the, the slot values of those picks, once you get down into round 10, you're, you're talking about, you know, $150,000, $170,000, which just isn't going to move a guy who can – you know, again, go to Vanderbilt, bet on himself, and probably come out on the other end a lot better. So, he, you know, he went in, I think, open-minded with the idea that, hey, maybe there is a team that really believes in him to the point to where they will make a significant financial investment in, into him, you know, kind of life-changing money. Um, but he was also pretty clear with the idea that, hey, if that doesn't happen, he's more than happy to go to Vanderbilt, more than happy to maybe make a return trip to Omaha, uh, you know, for the College World Series at some point. And he's confident enough in his abilities and in Vanderbilt's ability to develop players uh, that in three years, you know, he's pretty confident his name has a pretty good chance of being called. Talking with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on our Allo VIP line. Evan, switching gears to football, um, the last, you know, five days have been quite something for Northwestern. Just adding to an offseason of change in the Big Ten West, basically up and down. So as you look at the Big Ten West division, which team do you think has undergone the most, I don't know if I want to say tumultuous, dramatic kind of offseason of change? I mean, other than North- <laughs> other well, than Northwestern, like... <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty clearly the the clubhouse leader at that point. But um, you know, you've got three new coaches in the league this year, right? I mean, with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, Ryan Walt- Walters at Purdue. I think those are all interesting in their own rights. The Luke Fickle one is interesting to me. I think there are a lot of Nebraska parallels in some ways when you talk about a program that was winning consistently, but maybe not as at, at as high a level as the fan base would want. And so they make a pretty big change philosophically, especially on offense where they're going with more of a, a pass heavy approach compared to what they've done in the past. Um, you know, this was a discussion I was having with some of my colleagues this week where I feel like that move that Wisconsin made is sort of a nod to what the big 10 is going to become in two years when they mm-hmm. ditch divisions and you suddenly it's it's not going to be good enough to win the west and then you get the one shot at you know ohio state or michigan for a big 10 title now the goal becomes how do you uh, finish in that top three or four or have a chance to do that so you can be in the playoff mix moving forward and i think wisconsin's uh, coaching change was an acknowledgement of this idea that while their floor had been high their ceiling maybe was limited as, as into that Big Ten middle class. And so I'll be really curious to see, uh, you know, how that team does, not just this season, but moving forward, if if it in fact was able to raise its roof and its ceiling, uh, so to speak, with what it can do moving forward, or if it sort of mortgaged what it had been good at um, and maybe it could fall into some, uh, you know, lengthy struggles the way that we saw Nebraska do when it made a similar transition. 
as, as you look at that type of decision-making from Wisconsin, it's clear they have the, the attitude to try to keep up, but the infrastructure, I think, is another key part of that because it's one thing to want to make the change. It's the next to actually you know, put your money where your mouth is, invest in the facilities and the resources. Are there enough Big Ten West teams that have both the infrastructure and the attitude to make a change like Wisconsin did with the eye on the you know, divisionless Big Ten and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I think the the resources and the facility piece is fairly fairly even. I mean, everybody's getting the big TV paydays, and everybody's going to have facilities if they don't already. I mean, even Northwestern, for all of its issues, has just a gorgeous you know practice facility right there on Lake Michigan. And I think Wisconsin, for all the the imperfections of Camp Randall Stadium, actually has a pretty decent. Uh, facility where players work out and on the side. So to, to me, it really is about like the the attitude portion of that. And when I think of teams that maybe have high floors, but whose ceilings are limited, you know, I think of Illinois, I think of Minnesota, I think of uh, Purdue. Although maybe that's changing under Ryan Walters. Um, you know, it's it's I guess, I guess Northwestern I would include in that as well. Teams that sort of play keep away on offense and they don't tend to bottom out or have these terrible seasons, but you also kind of know that they're going to be capped at seven or eight or maybe nine wins. I think Iowa has, it would fall in that category right now as well. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I think Nebraska for all of its on-field struggles, I don't think would have much of a problem um, going all in. Like, I think that's what they're doing anyway. And yes, it's, it's failed spectacularly at times, but I do think that their mentality of thinking bigger and thinking of, of what their ceiling can be is a lot different from some of those West teams that are going to have some, I think, tough decisions to make again in two years when those divisions go away. And it's not all about, hey, am I in the West race into November? It's going to be you're in November and you're you know three games out of first and you're just sort of playing out the string for the middle of the pack. So uh, that, to me, is one of the more fascinating things to watch in the Big Ten over the course of the next year as teams transition again out of this mentality of winning the West to how do we keep up with Ohio State and Michigan over the course of a full season. That's the the ultimate goal, obviously, in the Big Ten is those. I would even throw Penn State into that mix. I think Penn State has been at least competing with them very well. There's got to be a next step for James Franklin at some point. But is are Maryland and Michigan State better positioned for this you know, divisionless Big Ten because they've been playing in the East? Is that kind of the range that the Big Ten West is going to be, you know, fighting over? Or is the Big Ten West going to overtake those teams just because of the, you know, higher floor we've been accustomed to? Yeah, you know, I think Penn State, of all the teams in the Big Ten, is probably going to benefit the most from the abolishment of divisions. Like, suddenly they're not going to have to play. Michigan and Ohio State every year, or even Michigan State when they're on. Like, they're going to get more of the West, less of the East powers. So I think, absolutely, they're a team that, uh, you know, was always buried, and it was like, how, how are we ever going to win the East? And now it becomes, hey, even if they finish behind Michigan and Ohio State, chances are still pretty good that they could finish third in the Big Ten most years and, and get into the playoffs when it becomes a 12-teamer. So, I absolutely think those uh, that's a team that benefits Maryland uh, probably for the same reasons on a lower scale. I mean, you're talking about trading, again, some of those East powers for some of the middle class in the West. And, yeah, I mean, if you're in the West, um, you, you might not get to play Northwestern every year and, um, and Illinois and what have you. And I always felt like the West, 
you know, it didn't have the high-end teams, but maybe it had a little bit more depth than what you saw in the East um, year in and year out, generally speaking. So, you know, I think, again, those teams will probably still be in sort of the middle of the pack. It's just a matter of uh, do they make some major philosophical changes to try to compete, or are they sort of content to um, make a bowl game? You don't bottom out. It's never a disaster. Um, but come November, you're probably not playing for you know high-stakes football either. It's going to be really interesting. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us as he is Wednesdays at 2.30 here on the block. Evan, as always, appreciate the time. Have a good rest of your week. Hey, thanks. See ya. There he is, Evan Bland, on the Aloe Fiber VIP line. Uh, Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We'll step aside here on the block. Welcome back in the Husker Hall of Fame with the nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland, to wrap up Hour 1 of On the Block. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.